Zach. This is the War Report. Kyle Means. We are RegalRadio.com and the War on Anchor. Giving everything to you that you need, including NFL coverage. We do that usually with our show, our shows called uh, All 32 and uh, The Bear Necessities, which is a Bears uh, specific show, Chicago Bears specific show. You can listen to those, uh, you know, back episodes, of course, right now on War on Anchor. And, uh, you know, I uh, do it with my man, Ryan Bukovetsky, who is, provides great uh, football coverage for us online. On, and um, also does a great job producing the Dean Davis show with Ken and Demons. And uh, he's on the line with me right now. And um, you know, we're we're just uh, gonna go ahead and preview these wild uh these divisional games for the NFL playoffs coming up this week. Four games, two in the NFC and AFC, and they will be deciding who will battle in the AFC. <coughs> Excuse me. In the AFC and NFC championship games in the coming week. And that, of course, will decide who go to the Super Bowl. So we're getting in the thick of things, real important games. And um, also, you know, you are working off of these picks. We also wrote things. I wrote a piece on Monday that was sort of coming out of the weekend, but I also gave my picks for the NFC uh, divisional games in that piece. And, um, Ryan wrote a piece on the AFC games. Uh, you can read both now on WeAreRegalRadio.com. So, Ryan, how's it going, man? What's what's going on with you? And uh, what are your thoughts on your, your initial thoughts on these games this weekend? Yeah, Kyle, doing well. Uh, excited for these games. I feel like uh, Wild Card Weekend, maybe sometimes Divisional Round, are the uh, kind of pinnacle of the NFL season with how good those games are and you get all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So it's a really exciting time and I'm excited about these matchups because they should, uh, even though the spreads are a little bit varying, I I feel like these games are going to be pretty close and it's going to come down to just the little things that are so cliche, but we never can really quite predict exactly how it's going to unfold. So that's what always keeps us glued to the TV screen and looking at the AFC games, I want to see these two because it it seems like regardless of the opponent, because the Titans and Ravens very similar in how they built their football team and how they attack teams, maybe a little bit different because Lamar Jackson is more of a dynamic player than Tannehill. But the point is that both teams want to establish the run and play great defense. And then in the other AFC matchup, you see a lot of explosivity on both offenses and both offenses kind of mirror each other with their weapons and what they're kind of capable of. So I expect a lot of fireworks. And then uh, in the NFC side, uh, I think there's going to be one major upset and we're going to see uh, a quality matchup in the other one. Okay. We're going to get to our picks in a minute, but I want to get your thoughts on, um, on what happened last weekend. Was it, was there any, I'm, I'm guessing there was some surprising stuff for you. Uh, over the weekend, and uh, you know what 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 jumps out to you the most about the results, and what what uh you know what what do you, what was your overall take on those wild card games? And you know I I wrote about of course the 
the old sort of the this this passing of the torch or this this taking over by the, some of these newer quarterbacks and newer talents taking down these uh, older established guys and you know there was also you know a lot of road winning done in that in that wild card weekend as well but from your point of view what what, what was what did you take most from uh, those first playoff games yeah, I thought uh, uh, every game had a little bit of a shock factor within itself and had somewhat surprising uh, either results or at least part of the game was surprising, and all of them were really fun to watch. I thought it was just a really entertaining weekend, maybe not the most quality of football, especially when you look at that first game with Bills and Texans. I remember uh, your guy, Joe Tessitore, said an all-time thriller, and I, I just kind of felt like that was a fun game because there was so much ugliness from both sides. Even then, the stuff was pretty surprising. But one thing that really surprised me in that game was the fact that the Texans just keep getting outscored in the first half of playoff games with Deshaun Watson. It's mm. only been two, but so far it's 37 points given up to zero points scored. And going up against Kansas City this week, they got to start quick, and they got to start immediately because if they fall behind multiple scores by halftime that just spells doom from the Texans and uh, obviously the Titans beating the Patriots was shocking just to see that Patriots team go down I, I didn't necessarily feel like the Titans couldn't win that game but you know you can hear it in all the pregame shows building up to the matchup it, it was like hey this could really be Tom Brady's last home game period as a New England Patriot and you just thought, man, there's got to be a way that they somehow get a victory this week and maybe come up short on the road next week and that make more sense. But it didn't work out that way. And the Titans, uh, they showed that they're a pretty good football team with Tannehill. And then I, on the NFC side, I looked at Minnesota shocking the Saints. That was probably the biggest shocker for me of the weekend. I, I really liked how the Vikings played. I was just surprised the Saints weren't able to win that game, especially when they came back and tied it. And look at Kirk Cousins making some throws. Uh, we'll see if he can do that in San Francisco. They got to basically play the exact same game all over again. And if they can do it, maybe they got a shot. And then looking at that Seahawks game, Carson Wentz just hasn't been able to stay healthy no matter what when it comes to the playoffs. And it's just kind of crazy to see. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about, you know, uh, uh, McCown, though, uh, you know, we we knew know him pretty well here in Chicago. What he did uh, for for a short time here, but I, I I you know I thought that was some heart. He showed some heart, and you know it it was uh pretty good to see that he had he was able to get some playoff experience. But he just seemed like he was overmatched. Yeah, he uh, he played really solid. If he had and that Eagles team had their like regular players and not all those guys injured. Uh, maybe an Alshon Jeffrey you can throw up like a jump pass, especially when they got down the end zone. Uh, having some of those guys, I think the Eagles maybe could have won that game with how McCown played overall. I mean, he did uh, a really solid job. And, you know, kudos to Doug Peterson and the Eagles. They always have that backup ready to play no matter what. Because Carson Wentz, whenever he's gone down, someone has come in to answer the call. Yeah, I can't. I can't help but think about, you know, maybe if they had a Colin Kaepernick, how, in that one, that one sort of uh, 
break break open play that they had in the red zone, how he probably would have ran that in, whereas uh, the 40-year-old didn't really have much of a chance. Even though McCown is a good athlete, but at this point in his career, that was, yeah, that's, that's too much. Point. I think with Colin Kaepernick, they pro- they have a real shot of winning that game. I was surprised how how much Seattle kind of struggled to get much offense going, and even though they held them out of the end zone, they gave up a lot of yards in that game. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go into let's go into these games this week, and um, you know, I, I start with the with the NFC and. Uh, my picks that I had in my piece, I picked, you know, the, the games, of course, the games first off are uh, San Francisco, the number one seed hosting uh, Minnesota, which, you know, as Ryan said, was a big surprise for Wild Card Weekend. Kirk Cousins gets pretty much his first big win of his career, his first win against a winning team, uh, really in any capacity, but his first playoff win, and, um, you know, now he gets to face, a, you know, one of the best defenses in the league in San Francisco, a team that uh, has a lot of good energy to it, to it but a, not necessarily the most intimidating offensively, even though they, they maintain a good running game. But, you know, with, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, that's another guy who – is going to be looked to prove himself in quite a bit this weekend, uh, given that you know this is really his first time as a player in the playoffs with expectations, and uh, that's going to be Saturday afternoon and the Sunday afternoon evening game uh, that's going to round out the schedule this weekend is going to be uh, Green Bay hosting uh, Seattle, number two seed Green Bay. Uh, of course, we know them very well here in Chicago. Uh, they beat our Bears twice and uh, helped get themselves to a 13-3 record. A lot of people say that they didn't play necessarily like a 13-3 team this year, but they took advantage of their schedule. They took advantage of uh, you know, a, you know, sort of a, a slew of games against teams that they over that were just outmatched by them towards the, the, the uh, second half of the season. But uh, when they when they show up, they, they sort of do show up when they need to. And, you know, they still have Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, a guy you got to respect at any point during the game. They have a, a great, potentially great uh, source of offense in that backfield and Aaron, and Aaron Jones, uh, their running back. And, uh, you know, they have, a, you know, a, a decent receiver and um, decent receivers in the tight ends and their defense has improved uh, some good, good linebacking play and good pass rush in their front seven, not necessarily intimidating in the, in the uh, defensive backfield, but, but uh, no, I, I think that's been looked at the Seattle green Bay matchup was looked at as the closest, potentially closest game this weekend. And I actually am giving Seattle the edge on that one, given that, you know, it's that people are seeing it potentially as close as it is right now. I think they will, you know, not only clear the, the spread, but also win the game outright. And I think that San Francisco was going to be a bit too much for Minnesota. Minnesota's dealing with some injuries. 
they're a little they're a little banged up. Uh, they may have some guys who are going to be, you know, lesser. You know, less. They're going to go out there and try like Thielen maybe and Cook, but they're not going to be. I think a hundred percent. And I think that their depth is their depth for lack of it is going to hurt them at certain points in this game. And I, I just think that the the effort that they made to get to this point, even though they were able to take off Week 17 against the Bears, I think it's I think they're re- they're nearing the point where they're going to be exhausting themselves. And if they had more of a dynamic quarterback, you know. Uh, you know, like I said, kudos to Cousins for what he did last week. But I think I still would have to – I still don't believe he could get a team to the Super Bowl right now the way he's playing. And if their defense – they got a good defense, a stout defense, and they could get after the quarterback, uh, they could you know, get a good rush on the quarterback. But they don't they don't really make forced turnovers enough or do things on the edges enough. You know, with the with their corners and the and the stuff like that, where I think that they'll be able to outdo some of the speediness that San Francisco has with uh, Sanders and uh and uh, Debo Samuel. I think they'll be able to make enough plays <coughs> to get themselves out ahead of Minnesota and keep themselves going with their running game, control the ball, and such. And of course, their defense. Uh, I think their defense will make Cousins, you know, if, if not do an outright mistake to change the game, you know, at least they'll contain him enough to uh, to keep things in their in their favor. So, uh, all in all, I'm looking at another AFC um, NFC, excuse me, West uh, battle in the NFC Championship game: Seattle and San Francisco. That's, those are my picks. You know, Ryan, what do you expect in those games? Uh, you know, not that I see it, uh, too differently from you. I like, uh, the San Francisco pick over Minnesota. That's where I'm going as well. I think Minnesota, uh, has the ingredients to pull off this upset and they can definitely do it again, especially if Kirk Cousins plays the way he does, but, or did last week, I should say, but. I'm with you. I I think that that's still kind of a one-off before I'm ready to think he's going on a run or that he's really fixed all his issues. Uh, I want to see him put up the type of day that uh, he he did last week against the Saints uh, with Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49er. He is a a really good and bright defensive coordinator, and he's had a couple weeks to prepare for both uh, Minnesota and New Orleans now, obviously, focusing on Minnesota. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to struggle a little bit in this game compared to last week. And overall, San Francisco offensively, they're going to be trying to run the football. They've got some really nice weapons led by George Kittle. So as long as Jimmy Garoppolo plays his kind of normal uh, kind of game manager or uh, field general, however you want to kind of put it, but just kind of leading the ship and making the right calls, putting them in the right checks, and they should be able to get something going offensively. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if there becomes a stretch in this game where Jimmy G has to play really well in order for them to get a victory. But overall, I think he's going to answer the call. So I'm going to go with San Francisco in that game. And, and 
you know, maybe just to kind of tease, uh, I'm feeling really good about a lot of the home teams here, but this other game, Seattle and Green Bay, I don't feel so good about the home team, and I'm going with Seattle. Uh, I feel like there's got to be an upset somewhere in this weekend. Uh, there's just got to be some kind of upset. The NFL playoffs, you got to get at least one a week, it seems like. And uh, I think that this is where the upset comes. Even though Green Bay should be pretty prepared, they should be the better team. They're a little, they're obviously more healthy overall than the Seattle Seahawks, and they have just as good of a quarterback. And some would argue even better. And you look at all the ingredients, but for whatever reason, I just feel like Seattle is going to go in there and find a way to play the type of game that they need to. And they love playing on the road. They have no problem with that. Russell Wilson just seemingly always has the ball in his hands with a chance for them to either tie or win. And I think he's going to answer the call this week uh, like he's done routinely in the past and find a way to get Seattle over the hump, over Green Bay, because uh, Green Bay, if they get that running game going with Aaron Jones, they're going to be incredibly difficult to be uh, beaten. But uh, for Whatever Seattle's got in them, I think that they're going to find a way to get it done. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you agree, man. Because I, I just think Green Bay has to do something, you know, to make things difficult on on uh, Russell Wilson. And I don't think they have enough to do that. And you know, they they there's been talk about them giving the ball more to Marshawn Lynch this week, you know, and. You know, I don't know how that's going to play out exactly, but I do, I do, I am confident that if they get the ball in the red zone with him, that that they're going to be able to score, and that they're not going to overthink themselves like they did in that Super Bowl, famously. You know, they, you know, if you look at what they did with the Eagles game, they got him the ball in those position, in those positions, and you no, know, they and they got enough for the scoring that they needed, and also you look at Metcalf too establishing himself as a as a deep ball threat you know he may be able to bail uh bail out uh you know uh, uh russell at, at some key moments as well so i think green bay just going to play you know they're going to play its best defensive game of the year not surprisingly uh given the time of the year but i don't i like i said as rested as they will be they'll have the the time to prepare i just don't know if They'll have if they'll play a good enough game on both sides to beat a, a a team with good experience, good experience at the most important positions, and uh, a team that that you know has impeccably played well on the road this year, eight and one on the road in Seattle, as opposed to four and four at home. So it's like you know maybe we should just keep thinking that they're going to win on the road. They may win all the way to Miami by being road warriors. And that that's, you know, that's something that we don't see much in the NFL playoffs, but it has happened before with some special teams. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Seattle just, uh, they play just smart football. Pete Carroll always has his team ready. Uh, Matt LaFleur hasn't shown everything to us right now. We don't know how good he is at getting his team ready for the playoffs. And, you know, things haven't been running super smooth for the Green Bay Packers. They've won five straight, but the real only impressive game come, uh, in their five-game winning streak 
was against Minnesota to win yeah. the division, and it, it just didn't feel like Minnesota really played that well the game uh, for whatever reason. But uh, I, I just don't think that uh, Green Bay has it this year for whatever reason, and certainly they can win this game, but I think if they were to go to San Fran, it might be the exact same kind of result that it was earlier this year when they got bounced pretty hard. Yeah, that could be a very anticlimactic uh, NFC title game if uh, San Francisco and Green Bay meet again. Uh, looking at the lines uh, from Vegas Insider, I, I mentioned them in my piece earlier this week, and they're still pretty much the same. San Francisco's getting seven points at home, which is sort of a par for the course for a home team uh, in this situation, a number one seed as well, while Green Bay – you're looking at either anywhere from three and a half points to four and a half points they're getting over Seattle. So that's, you know, when you look at it, where it's like a home team, a number two seed in the playoffs, if you're getting around three points, you know, that's not a very confident line there in, in Green Bay's favor. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, people are looking for a close game between Green, Seattle and Green Bay and, as uh, me and Ryan said, uh, we both think Seattle's going to pull it out. So, you know, make your bets uh, thoughtfully. But uh, looking at the AFC games, uh, I'll let you lead with that, Ryan, since you wrote the AFC piece. Uh, what what are you expecting to see uh, with these two games? Tennessee at Baltimore on Saturday night, number one seed. Uh, a lot of people are going to be ex- excited to see how Lamar Jackson performs. He had a – a difficult playoff debut last year against uh, San Diego, and uh, but uh, you know this a whole lot has changed in the past year, and uh, you know he's the prohibitive MVP, MVP, and uh, a lot of people are gonna be expecting to see him show out. But Tennessee, as we know from last week, they're a tough team. They can, can they have a tough defense. They run the ball. They do the things well that people like to see that people expect to see in the playoffs. So uh, that could be a challenging game. And of course, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, some people here are calling the Trubisky bowl or the, the anti Trubisky bowl, Houston and Kansas city, uh, Deshaun Watson, that basically it comes down to Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes. That's what everybody wants to see. Uh, Houston beat Kansas City earlier this year in Kansas City. This is the same situation this week. You know, uh, what do you think is going to happen, Ryan? Yeah, starting with uh, Tennessee and Baltimore. uh, Baltimore was my pick to win this game. Uh, They're the real deal when it comes to a pretty balanced team, pretty complete team. They've got got good players, playmakers around Lamar Jackson. they got a solid offensive line, great scheme, great coaching. Uh, really solid defense. They play good special teams. Uh, it, it's just a pure three-phase team that uh, is pretty well prepared. And they come out and they play well against good opponents. And Tennessee is pretty much uh, a step back or two, but pretty much of the same mold because they play three great phases. Uh, the key for them in this game is going to be the same like it was against New England. Get Derrick Henry going. If you can get him to have a just stellar monster day, you might have a shot and be able to win this game. And certainly everything in their pass game opens up through play action. So it's all about getting Derrick Henry going. Can you get him going? 
and then it, everything kind of go domino effect from there, even defensively and special teams. When you look at the Ravens, it's somewhat the same, getting Lamar Jackson going, but obviously Lamar can do it in just so many different ways. He can be the runner. He can be the passer. He can just be the guy that hands it off to the running back and makes that right read and puts them in the right position. Uh, it looks like Mark Ingram's on, in, on track to play in this game. And, uh, you know, if he has Mark Ingram going with his usual complement of weapons, it's just going to be up to Lamar to uh, go out there and play his game. And both of these teams want to grab the lead and try to kind of front run, especially when you're like the Titans on the road. Uh, you want Derrick Henry to be the superstar in the fourth quarter, and that's going to be difficult to do if you don't have a lead. So both of these teams are, are, are really good front runners. Probably the Ravens are better equipped to be uh, a team that comes from behind to win. So I think it's going to be a slugfest, a lot of uh, a lot of physicality, but overall the war of attrition I think is going to favor the Ravens, and they're just going to make enough explosive plays that that'll put them over the edge with the Titans. But Mike Vrabel and his staff, they deserve a pat on the back for what they've done all season long. And same for John Harbaugh and his staff. And it should show in this game how well coached both these teams are. Okay. So what, and uh, what do you think about the Houston and Kansas City? Uh, with Houston and Kansas City, both teams, again, pretty similar. You're looking at uh, heartbeat is really that offense and that quarterback. Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs and Deshaun Watson for the Texans. Uh, for Watson – for, like I mentioned earlier, uh, inexplicable reasoning. He has just not been able to get going offensively in the first half of these playoff games, and they've been outscored 37-0 to in the two years that he's been there. So it, he's got to get off to a better start, and they got to put up some points. And they were able to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City earlier this year. They won 31-24, to and they have to come back in that game, and they were able to because Sean Watson was – uh, every bit the match of Patrick Mahomes on that day, at least. And Mahomes, I think he's going to look a lot better in this game than that previous matchup because he was just coming back from his injuries and he wasn't quite right yet. Not like how he's been playing lately. I think he's he's good to go. And they've got Tyreek Hill in their full arsenal. It looks like Will Fuller's going to play for the Texans. So both teams have their speed threats in Hill and Fuller. Both teams have their big possession receivers in DeAndre Hopkins and Travis Kelsey. And then you got uh, a, a bunch of complementary pieces around them. Uh, Andy Reid is going to be the advantage when it comes to coaching, but we all know that Andy Reid finds a way to lose some of those big games. So it, I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to just outcoach Bill O'Brien, but I do expect it. Bill O'Brien, he's, he's got some uh, – I said that on Dean Davis. I think uh, it's possible that Bill O'Brien might get fired regardless of what happens on this playoff run, mm. even though he's so entrenched in that organization. I just wonder if it's going to finally become apparent when you watch how easily uh, outcoached he really gets offensively and Deshaun Watson just taking a beating, just game in and game out in these playoff games. He was just able to somehow make amazing plays and, uh, I think he's going to have to do a lot of that again this week, too, because that Chiefs defense, they've slowly been picking themselves up week after week. And I think they're at a point right now where they're a little dangerous as a defense, and they might uh, really surprise 
Bill O'Brien and the Texans, especially because Bill O'Brien sometimes struggles as a play caller. And on top of it, too, they've had two weeks to really study in. And, and Steve Spagnuolo uses a lot of different fronts, a lot of different coverages. So he might have a chance to kind of confuse Deshaun Watson a little bit early. And like I said, if this is another one of those where it was last year in the playoffs where they fell 21-0 at half, if they fall 21-0 at half to this Kansas City team, I don't think the Texans are going to be able to come back. So I think Kansas City will win this one as well, and they're just going to be a little bit step above the Texans. But the big thing, I think, for Kansas City, a key for them is making sure that they run the football because sometimes Andy Reid turns Matt Maggie and just abandons the run inexplicably. And if they get out to a lead, go ahead and run the football. Let Patrick Mahomes just kind of call the game from there. Yeah, I agree with you, man. With overall picks, I agree with you. And, you know, you, you pretty much said everything. I think, you know, starting with the Houston-Kansas City game, I think the, the intangibles there, uh, you know, including Kansas City's improvement on defense, uh, you know, uh, Mahomes being healthier now at this point than he was in their first meeting. And um, this, you know, Kansas City probably more confident now than they were at that point, too. But they, was, they were pretty much in control of their division, but they didn't know much about what they were going to be in the playoffs at that point. But at this, you know, now they're coming in and they're solid number two. They know that they just got to win again, and there'll be one more game. You know, they'll be in the same position they were last year, a game away from the Super Bowl. And I think they're going to show out in this game a little bit. I think Houston, Houston, I think as well, like you just said with Kansas City, Houston has to uh, rely on the run a bit more too than they typically do. They they use it to great effect in that win in the regular season. Uh, you know, I I just I just would like to see that balance from them. Like you said, they can't fall behind early. They can't be playing catch-up. I think if they play catch-up in this game, Deshaun's going to be so pressed that he'll probably make a mistake, maybe maybe more like a press, you know, probably pressure the bid, maybe throw the ball somewhere where he doesn't need to be throwing it. And I can see, I can see like a, a, a interception like – Matthew or something getting under one of his balls and you know uh you know getting and picking them off late in the game to 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 close this one out or something like that if if it's not Kansas City running away with it, you know but you know Houston 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 could put up a fight but I I don't see them having enough to uh, beat Kansas City and uh you know Tennessee and Baltimore I think Baltimore just has too much on both sides of the ball for Tennessee Tennessee is a very I really love what they've been doing, and I'm happy that they were able to knock off New England last week. And Henry is just a sight to behold on that field. But, uh, you know, tennis, Baltimore is a bit like, – Baltimore probably doesn't have the defense, actually, that New England has. But their ability to control the ball on the other side is going to be meaningful. You know, uh, I, you know, I just – don't see them making the mistakes and them having the lack of firepower that New England had that allowed Tennessee to really control that game. And they were ahead. They were pretty much ahead that whole game. And even though Tennessee wasn't able to do anything to really take control of the game outside of uh, Rabel's, uh, you know, 
machinations of the clock later in the game, you know, they weren't offensively really able to do nothing themselves to make themselves pull away. That's going to be an issue against, uh, you know, against uh, Baltimore. They got to score in this game. They got to score more than 14. They got to score more than 21. Definitely, I think, if they're going to win this game. I don't I don't think they're going to be up for that. Yeah, uh, I think Tennessee really benefited from the fact that New England just could not score. And it's going to be a lot different in this game with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So can they find a way to, to control the game, play great uh, defense special teams? That's one thing we saw in the wild card round. Uh, a lot of defenses stepped up and made big-time plays at crucial moments for their teams to have a shot to win. And I expect to see a lot of that same drama. And you never know, too. I, I thought last week it was just inexplicable when Drew Brees fumbled that ball, and it just was so undrew Brees like And if he's a guy that can have a bad moment like that where he just has an out-of-body experience, then anything can really happen in these playoffs because you've got so many young players that are still learning how to win in this league. Yeah, you do, you do. But I, in a couple, you know, a couple of occasions, I think Mahomes has enough control over the game and enough ability to really make his mark. Because like, if you look at last last year against New England, he didn't really mess up. To do any, you know, he really messed up in much way. He, he kind of went, you know, blow for blow with Brady, and um, you know, I, I think in the, in his game, maybe the maybe the Baltimore game and maybe the San Francisco game, I think he got a chance for three blowouts there, and you know, we'll see, we'll see. I, you know, but, but uh, you know, as, as you said, like last week was punctuated by a lot of sloppy play. I think there was some over the hill. There were some people over the hill trying to do some things that they used to do, but they can't do anymore. But you no, know, this week we, you know, we are seeing some more unproven talent. But I think a lot of that talent is going to be proven by the end of this weekend. So it could be very interesting. It, we may stand to see a little bit more offense this week, and I think you know we can we may see a couple people solidify themselves as as uh, the new playoff standards in, in their respective uh, conferences. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Patrick Mahomes, he's definitely a guy that's uh, – he's ready to go. It seemed like we could tell from last year just how ready he is for this moment and this stage. And Deshaun Watson is not afraid of this moment. Russell Wilson's been at the podium. Yeah. You, know, you just look around – None of these guys are going to back down from the moment. It's going to be interesting to see, though, because everything's ratcheted up in the playoffs. And the tighter the games are, sometimes you just see the team on the other side just kind of fray away for whatever reason. And and I think it's going to be close games throughout. I, I would be very surprised if there was a lot of blowouts. Maybe the scores look a little inflated at the end because of a late score, but I, I think that these games are going to be highly competitive from start to finish. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe we we probably probably see the forecast a little bit different, but our our picks are all the same. We're looking at uh, in the in the NFC, San Francisco winning and Seattle winning, and in the AFC, uh, the the clean one two matchup 
expected in the AFC Championship with Baltimore and Kansas City winning. So we'll uh, we'll check back next week and see how our picks go. Uh, we'll have Ryan again next week as uh, as we get closer to the uh, Super Bowl and the biggest matchup of the year. Uh, we'll be pre looking back on what happened this week and previewing the uh, NFC and AFC Championship game. But uh, before we go, you know, give you we gave you a bit of the eight, all thirty two takes there. Give you a little bit of our best stuff too. Um, you know, a little news broke out this this t- uh, this afternoon about Kyle Fuller joining the Bears contingent to the uh, Pro Bowl. He's a back, uh, you know, replacement for Jalen Ramsey at cornerback. So Kyle gets his uh, second straight appearance in the in the Pro Bowl. Big up to him for that. Uh, the Bears end up with four Pro Bowlers. Uh, which is a little bit more than you may think they deserve. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a sweet aftertaste to a bitter season. Uh, you know, we've been, like I said, we've been going over it all year with Bear Necessities Podcast, and it's been tough. But, uh, you know, looking at the, the Bears' response to the season, there's a lot of stuff that came out in the in – the, uh, season-ending press conferences with Matt Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace. Uh, some stuff that you know people understood, other stuff that they didn't. And right after that press conference, they, you know, they didn't let and they didn't let on, let on at all that they were doing this. But they pretty much cleared out the offensive side of the uh, the coaching staff outside of Nagy, and you know that is starting again with. Some um, with some new coaches and uh, the, the OC hasn't been hired yet, but there, there's some rumors and stuff. But you know, Ryan, before we go, just give a give me your thoughts, man, on what the Bears' uh, response to this disappointing season has been, and what do you expect to see from them uh, as they, you know, go out into this uh, off off season. Yeah, I wasn't uh, too happy with the end of season press conference, but. Uh, I also didn't care too, too much because this has been a, a regime that has consistently lied to us about plenty of things. So it's hard to take their words as as really uh, literate in what they're going to do. I mean, Ryan Pace talked about drafting a quarterback every year, right? So when he says Mitch is the starter and there's no question about it, uh, let's see if they bring somebody in because I think that they – probably have to of some kind and depending on who it is I I don't expect a big name but if you brought in let's say Marcus Mariota uh, I think that's competition for Mitch Trubisky and certainly a guy that's capable if let's say the first quarter of the season go terribly and you say Matt Nagy to Ryan Pace hey I'm going with my other guy I, I don't trust this guy we need to win football games here so I I definitely think there's a lot to be seen in the actions of the Bears. Uh, definitely have to fix some issues that we know are a problem, like offensive line and Kyle Long retired. So there's some money back for them and a hole that they have to fix. And they probably have to get some kind of help at tackle, I would think, after how bad both were this season. And it's going to be up to Ryan Pace to figure out those things, as well as the new coach, Juan Castillo, 
they also need to bring in a tight ends coach, and it looks like they have their guy tagged for that and should be Clancy Barron, who uh, was a Vikings coach most recently in 2018 as the offensive line coach. And uh, he was out of football, I believe, for 2019. So there's a coach there. They got to also fill in an offensive coordinator and assistant special teams coach. And the coaching staff is going to try to, I guess, get a jolt out of these players. And uh, they don't have a ton of draft picks. We'll have to see what the Bears do in terms of trading up or trading down. And then uh, what their total cap situation is going to be like, because there's still a lot of players that they have to decide on, like a Danny Trevathan, just uh, to name some. And then obviously, if you want to keep Leonard Floyd for how much salary uh, that they're paying for him, but the Bears say that they love what he's doing. Uh, There's a lot of uh, questions that have to be answered through the kind of uh, pre-period right before free agency when teams are going to be dropping players and, and figuring out their cap situations. And uh, once these playoffs end, it's going to be kind of quick and, and uh, I, I would say fast and furious a little bit because you got the combine just a few weeks after the Super Bowl, and that's the chance for teams to get medical cards on players, and the draft process will be really underway. Free agency will be a couple weeks after that, and then you got to expect the Bears uh, to try to make some kind of changes uh, internally on their roster because. You just know that if you're going to go into this year expecting everything to just change because you brought in some new coaches, I think that's a little foolish from the Bears' point of view. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's Ryan. Man. He gives you he gives you great takes on the Bears. We're not going to drown ourselves in the Bears with the off season, but uh, when things pop up, you know, news and stuff and. You know, schedule releases. You know, we'll come. We'll come with some new stuff on uh, War on Anchor, or possibly here on the War Report as well. But uh, uh, and definitely during when we get closer to the draft, we'll uh, have some special shows on that and stuff, special segments. You know, Ryan does a great job uh, previewing the draft for us every year from the Bears' point of view. So just keep looking out for that in the coming months. But uh. One one more thing before we go out. What you know, you mentioned Kyle Long, uh, uh, and his retirement. You know, what what do you think his ultimate legacy is going to be as a bear? I think he's a guy who will, you know, a fan favorite overall. But you know, those injuries, you know, really disabled him and kept him from. You know, I think I still think that he got a lot out of his talent, being that he was sort of a project coming out of school. And you know, end up being on Pro Bowl a couple times, I believe. I, I know it yeah, a couple times, but you know, he I think he maxed out his career in some ways, but still there was some uh you know he, there still was a lot to be desired. Yeah, um that's a good question because Kyle Long famously was the Bears like best player for what, like 2013 to 2015-ish, maybe a little bit more. It, it just felt like year after year, there was only one really good player on the Bears, and that was Kyle Long. And he moved out to tackle. seemed like he kind of struggled a little bit out there and never was quite the same player except for some glimpses last season. But uh, a lot of people thought that he wasn't really healthy this year, and 
you know, the uh, injuries just derailed his career after he had been such an Iron Man, and uh, he was, uh, I remember, available and playing in every Bears game. It was kind of shocking for an offensive lineman. And then the injuries just kept biting him and biting him that he just never was the same player. And and the Bears certainly mismanaged a few of those injuries, I would say, in my opinion. But, you know, is what it is, I guess. And for Kyle, I think he's a, he's a good Bear. Probably not going to be remembered for too much because his, his tenure, they just didn't win anything. It was just last year that they had any kind of success. And that was a, a loss in the wild card round. So... Uh, I hope he maybe comes back one day. Probably not. I would think that this is it. And, uh, you know, looked at as a good bear, probably good trivia, good beer money trivia. But uh, I, I don't know if you put him in the lures of all-time greats for the Bears. Yeah, it's tough because I think I sort of mentioned it in my piece on Monday. Like He'd have been a guy that likes to have seen on better teams, like if he was on – you know, maybe that that ten eleven team that made the NFC title, or if he was on, if he was alongside one of the teams with with uh, Crooks and stuff, you know, that might have been he may have gotten to that all time stratosphere. But uh, he he his, the timing just was bad for him. He, like you say, him him being on those thirteen to fifteen teams, him being considered the best there on those teams or one of the best. That's like you know being one of it's like being one of those good shaped cookies in the in a jar, misshapen ones or crumbled up ones. You know, it, it just didn't mean much in the in the grand scheme of things. But you know, he's a successful. He has a career ahead of him, I think. And you know, be it in the in the on the field as a coach or maybe in broadcasting if he wants. But you know, being a being a Chicago Bear and having some success is, is meaningful. We, you know, we see all the bears now that are ex bears now that are in the media and stuff. So maybe he could flip it into something like that. But, uh, no, uh, I definitely wish, definitely wish him the best and, uh, hope. And I think him knowing what his body's been through is important and him realize that he's got to lay off and give himself the best future that he can. I think that's something that, we all as fans should identify better with at the, at this point in time, you know, especially with NFL players. We shouldn't give that. You know, they sacrifice a lot just to get on the field week after week. So, uh, you know, they should be able to hang it up whenever the hell they want. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing he was was a, a nasty offensive lineman, and there's a special place in every football fan's heart for that type of player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was that one time he went after the dude on on the field? I know he's, you know, he had some practice stories with him, but but there was that there was that one time that he went after someone on the field. I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, as of my, I don't remember that exactly. I will always remember the off season fight, him and Akeem yeah. Hicks in training camp, and then obviously this past off season grabbing the young gentleman's helmet. Yeah, he wasn't nothing to play with, man. He wasn't he wasn't at all. They, you know, they said his pops had a had a tub or two on the field, so he was he, he definitely took after his pops there. But uh, yeah, so uh, guy speed to Kyle Long, he he represented the name well uh, here in Chicago for a while. But uh, 
you know, I'm going to keep repping my name as well. And uh, Ryan's going to rep his. And we keep repping War on Anchor and WeAreRegalRadio.com. Like I said, you'll hear from us uh, definitely week to week here on the War Report. And uh, you can hear us, you know, even more. Subscribe and listen on uh, your favorite podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple, you know, Google. You know, we're, all, we're on all those things. You can, you can find all the links to all those uh, podcast platforms on War on Anchor. So visit you know, try to visit that first. But uh, you know, that's it now for our football talk. Thanks a lot, Ryan, uh, for helping me preview this week's action. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Definitely great talking to you. All right. All right. This is more. Uh,